Murtaza Ali Khan. He is one of the leading independent film critic in India. So in this episode of Spoiler Alert with Sanket, uh, Murtaza sir and I will be discussing his favorite film called Bridge of Spice, which is directed and produced by Steven Spielberg and stars Tom Hanks and Mark Rylance. Uh, this film Bridge Bridge of Spice is a great film because it's a cold war uh, thriller film and also a courtroom drama film so do watch that film and later watch this uh, conversation spoiler filled conversation of that film uh, hello murtaza bhai welcome to uh, spoiler alert with me cinephile sanket so so uh, we are discussing one of your favorite films uh, bridge of spice uh directed and produced by Steven Spielberg starring Tom Hanks and Mark Rylance uh so sir uh i first i'll uh, introduce the film actually this film is about uh, an american brooklyn based lawyer who is uh, who is defending a russian spy and uh, what the story folds out uh, it is about this guy uh, so sir i wanted to ask you what was your experience watching this film Well thank you so much Sanket for having me uh, it's been a real pleasure and uh, this is actually my second viewing of the film and i had watched it previously once on the big screen in between i have revisited it in parts also sometimes it's coming on television or sometimes you know watching parts of it with friends and some of the sequences i which i really like you know i used used to revisit from time to time and um, obviously the most striking part of the film for me is that it's very very non spielbergian in nature you know when you speak of spielberg you talk about those big vfx moments you know big gigantic dinosaurs probably one of my first images from jurassic park you know as a young 4 uh, 5 year old movie goer and those images have stuck with me and since then you always seen him you know use vfx and cgi to you know greater advantages taking it to the new highs and taking it to the new newer avenues which we have you know uh, come to associate with his kind of cinema and we even use the adjective spielbergian often to define that but bridge of spies is a very different film in fact um, if you watch it for the first time and if you don't go through the credits and titles and all that probably you may even miss the fact that it's a steven spielberg film probably tom hanks's presence because you know he has been Uh, a very favorite actor of steven spielberg the kind of films that they have you know produced over the years um that actually gives us a proper hint that probably you know it's a steven spielberg film but when you know that it's a steven spielberg film and when you try to dig deeper then you obviously see a lot of spielbergian elements but they are not as obvious the first time around but once you know that it's a steven spielberg film then you can you know add up the dots and you can you know see certain aspects of films that you know that only steven spielberg could have done so uh, it's a very very deceptive film you know you know at one level it looks a very simplistic film you know which is uh, a sort of a courtroom drama then it suddenly becomes a cold war thriller and it looks very limited in its range and its scope but when you start analyzing it when you start looking at those bigger parts uh, and then slowly you see something big evolving out of it you know and that's what uh, spielberg films are all about they're always larger than the sum total of the individual parts and bridge of spies is also very much in that territory wherein the eventual thing that you uh, are presented with is actually much bigger than those individualistic parts oh, when seen okay. in isolation 
oh wow so uh, uh, that was actually a similar experience for me too <clears throat> like uh, like you said that i i also watched this film mm-hmm. uh, many years back uh, i think when it came out i watched it uh, uh this was uh, this was uh, at the time i think spotlight and the revenant was uh, nominated for like uh, uh, that mm-hmm. year when like those those films were nominated for the oscars mm-hmm. so i watched that uh, watched this film at that time and i was like i, I was uh, got, i got introduced to steven steven spielberg's uh, cinema uh, back then then obviously i watched his other films but also coming back to this film i really liked it because uh, there's one reason i i feel that uh, the writers joe cohen and ethan cohen and the other writer i mm. just forgot the name uh uh like what they did was uh they kind of uh, partially uh took uh, some elements from uh, akira kurosawa's high and low how i i will tell you uh, uh, hi, how i i'll tell you because the other uh, writer is uh, matt charman so oh, one brothers along with matt charman yeah oh, oh wow okay i also oh. just checked it out for you because i also only had one brothers in my mind because usually they direct their own stuff it's rare for them to you know just write the screenplay and not direct it but i can only imagine what kind of film it would have been probably it would have been a noah or something of that sort had they actually directed it this material is probably not very suited to their style of film no but actually they did uh, do like they uh, like this was i think the first but uh, they actually have written a screenplay yeah and yeah, uh, yeah. Sub- suburbicon i think was adapted from uh, their original script Uh, uh they do that but not as often because i like it when they direct it also you know right from their first film blood simple i feel because they understand their material really well in fact you have to see it done wrong in order to appreciate what they do you know some of the non verbal aspects of their screenplay when they are directing it themselves it comes out very well but when they are not directing it somebody else is directing it then those non verbal cues you know that often get missed out uh so probably you know maybe a film like sub you uh, 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 what what the name sub sub arbicon na sub arbicon uh, directed by george yeah, clooney yeah 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 so um in those films when uh, joel and ethan cohen have written the screenplay but they haven't directed it there's something missing and when you actually start digging it up that what's that what's missing then you realize it's something to do with the non verbal understanding of the script because on the script you can only read the dialogues you can only read the cues but a lot of stuff actually goes unsaid and they are masters of dialogue they are masters of communication conversation if you see coens they always do it in singles they use the wide angle lens for the short reverse shot they would never use you know telephoto so they will never go ots they'll go singles and the conversations are so engaging and often the conversations are not just only about dialogue they are also about those non verbal cues those nods those facial movements those hand gestures so they do it really well but when somebody else is directing you know whether clooney or whether steven spielberg uh something gets lost in translation you know that's my experience of it but in bridge of spies probably you know that hasn't been the case oh, okay no uh, but actually the, that's the thing but uh, uh, coming back to it actually i was talking about uh, uh how uh, the writers uh how like what they did was for me uh, it felt like they were kind of uh, adapting how uh, 
Kurosawa did with high and low because yeah yeah uh, tell the, me that you know this is really interesting you have made it very interesting for me you know yeah I'll exactly reinterpret it oh well no no because because the reason uh, uh, this is because uh in high and low also in the first mm-hmm. half of the film it is just about uh, a family uh, who is uh, like uh, who is like uh, uh, reliving uh, who is actually living the trauma of uh, uh, their uh, their uh, help son the, their house help son uh, getting kidnapped but uh, in the second half of that film also it actually mm-hmm. like it turns out it to be exactly police mm. procedural drama police, it, police drama come trailer come noa exactly you know. and that kind of elements uh, is also happening in this film too uh, because mm. in uh, in this film the first half is like okay this is a lawyer who is defending this guy who's a russian spy and, and then in the later half the of the film uh, we mm. can we can see that okay it's a cold war prisoner exchange film and that's the main reason i was i actually invested in this film and obviously it has tom hanks so uh, it uh, it uh, I, i i like him a lot uh, obviously and uh, he uh, th- this is uh, one of his uh, finest works at least for me uh, uh, just uh, rewatch this film just yesterday so uh, obviously at least yeah. i would say in his in his in his in his letter period you know as an actor you know Uh, his later career as an actor you know it's right up there among his best work as an actor oh, but wow. if you look at his entire body of work then probably you know i would find it hard to fit it in probably in his top 10 because there are so many you know memorable performances if you look at his work right from you know his first film uh at big a splash big i think yes and then splash came later on uh, big came in 84 and then splash towards the late 80s you know leading to sleepless in seattle leading to philadelphia forest gum and green mile green mile was in there and save it private ryan road know, to perdition you talked about earlier road to perdition came in the 2000s and then you know he has been constantly you know uh, delivering those you know characters one after the other captain philip sully and uh, you know that's uh, one of my favorite films wherein he played Walt Disney, you know, a very understated film, Saving uh, Mr. Banks. But I really loved it how he played uh, Walt Disney. You know, he played it with so much of love, so much of you know warmth. And now I can't really imagine Disney as anything other than what Tom Hanks brought to life in that film. Okay, yeah, that's the reason. But uh, actually, I, uh, coming back to this film, I wanted to talk about the blocking uh, uh, or by like uh, how Steven Spielberg blocked. blocked. Uh, a scene so there was a scene yeah. where uh, we we were introduced to this pilot uh, uh the uh, pilot mm-hmm. powers i think yeah his name was pilot mm-hmm. powers, powers. Yeah. Uh, lutin yeah. uh, powers so powers, uh, obviously powers. It, it it was his uh, first first ever scene in the film and how spielberg uh, showed it was uh, like uh, using a uh, like uh, i think i am actually uh, Uh, like i'm actually forgetting the edit uh, which he used but uh, uh, like what he did was uh, placing mark relan's character in the left and placing uh, his uh, character which is in the next scene in the right and i i, I was like wow uh, like uh, how he how how greatly he blocked a scene where he is just showing that okay 
americans uh, the, like he is a spy and this is kind of a, a perspective uh, this is from uh, from the perspective of an american and uh, uh, like obviously we know that uh, right placing uh, a character on the right issues a uh, power and uh, and like kind of he is right uh, that's the reason and uh, that's the reason he chose to uh, place the character that way uh, but that was actually very fantastic uh, for me so uh, even i wanted to ask you like is this your favorite uh, steven spielberg film no no actually uh, with me you know i have a very different uh, you know inclination when it comes to spielberg films um, jurassic park was obviously the first big film that i watched on the big screen so that holds a very special place in my heart schindler's of course i feel you know it's technically his most superior and brilliant film along with saving private ryan i would say because schindler's you know the emotional quotient of that film is so high and uh, saving private ryan you know the sound and pictures you know they really transport you to normandy as, as if you are there on that beach you know it transports you there but uh, you know um, since i say that you know i am inclined towards a certain kind of cinema that spielberg made so indiana jones films you know for me you know are my favorite uh, now that's purely not due to cinematic reasons but my own you know love for the kind of cinema that spielberg makes you know the adventure the thrills the character of indiana jones the swash buckling you know events uh, the treasure hunts that go around so all that makes indiana jones you know uh, really really favorite films of mine uh, along with indiana jones and jurassic park and obviously schindler's list another film that i really like of spielberg somewhere uh, you know not as prominent in his filmography as some of his other films it's minority report you know with tom cruise uh, i feel the manner in which the film handles the idea of artificial intelligence it's brilliant uh, but one film that i must mention here which is not a steven spielberg film as in you know because a lot of people attribute it to stanley kubrick that's artificial intelligence because it was supposed to be uh, stanley kubrick's uh, you know brainchild it was supposed to be his dream project and unfortunately he passed away and then spielberg being a very great friend of stanley kubrick and since he spent hours talking to him about it he had to step in and he made that film so there's a whole debate out there that it's a steven spielberg film or is it a stanley kubrick film but if it if somebody wants to qualify it as a steven spielberg film which is highly debatable that's why i didn't bring it up but if it does qualify if there are people if there is a jury out there which says no it's not a stanley kubrick film it's a steven spielberg film then i will put it you know at the top of my list but since i know that's a very debatable question out there people are not able to figure it out how much of it is kubrick how much of, much of it is spielberg that's why you know i cannot with that same authority as i can say about say the indiana jones films and among the indiana jones films my favorite is the last crusade which is the third one uh, readers of lost ark uh, is second and then temple of doom you know is third and i feel it's uh, probably the weakest of the lot but the best part about uh, temple of doom is amrish puri's mola ram character that tantric character who is a disciple of goddess kali and who has the gift of you know taking out heart out of a body a beating heart out of a body he can uh, you know throw some incantations and he can using his fist he can pluck the heart out of a living human body that's very creepy 
but you know amresh puri ji the his aura and how he was able to you know bring that character to life that brings a lot of credibility to mola ram and what happens in the film you know right from the beginning and the ending and then that final scene on the bridge where indiana jones says that mola ram time to meet kali in hell so that's such a powerful sequence on the bridge that is the hype point of that film but last crusade throughout you know i love that film and obviously because uh, sean connery is also a part of that film he plays indiana jones senior so very beautiful film there are elements of uh, spy films there are elements of you know uh, period history adventure so a lot of blend uh, of different uh, motifs different genres uh, you will find in uh, the last film which is the last crusade and uh, i also feel that spielberg was challenged because temple of doom didn't go well with the critics and also at the box office it didn't match the brilliance of raiders of lost ark so that prompted spielberg to you know take up the challenge and come up with a film that can finally you know somehow uh, return the glory to the indiana jones franchise and uh, the the last crusade was that film and he was able to silence the critics once and for all and then obviously he moved to the 90s and then we saw you know uh, jurassic park and the rest of his three schindlers and schindlers by the way he submitted it as as his diploma film he never completed his degree and he was asked to submit a film so he submitted schindlers list as his diploma film and that allowed him to complete his you know film course <laughs> but uh, you know Probably one uh, of the one of the one of the best examples of a diploma film in that regard yeah yeah but was, you know sorry, uh, I, I, no 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 but uh, uh, like you said that uh, obviously those are like some great films definitely like obviously i haven't watched indiana jones yet but i have watched shindos list and uh, uh, his like his other films too uh, jaws and uh, like also but uh, like i i consider uh, this film by him by uh-huh. his uh, a kind of a very unique film uh, which is uh, ready player one and that is actually mm. uh, not his kind of uh, thing to make like uh, uh making uh, a film out of a video game uh, and but why not he, he has always been you know a very tech savvy sort of a filmmaker into vfx cgi in fact he should make a film like ready player one is what i feel you know you expect spielberg to try and you know experiment and you know go for the technical flares that we see in that film but, but yes uh, yes but, i think but, uh, you, that's you, the you reason exactly that and that's the reason uh, actually sorry yes, i'm sorry i'm cutting you out but like uh, that's the reason mean uh, that uh, he's uh, venturing into different kind of genres and different kind of uh, mm-hmm. concepts which uh, mm-hmm. he uh, he he didn't used to do back in the day obviously but uh, mm-hmm. uh, now with all the technology in the world uh, which he has i feel he has always been you know experimenting a lot if you look at you know uh, closed encounters of the third kind uh et uh you look at uh, jaws even jaws you know it was very technically advanced at the time the kind of music that he has used john williams score you know and the jaws theme so i feel that you know he has always been one filmmaker who has always evolved you know and probably there was a time when he wasn't evolving you know there was a time you know in between probably in 2000s and wherein he was not evolving the way he has been evolving you know for a very long time but ready player one it really made me happy that again spielberg is not trying to uh, probably i wouldn't want spielberg to make a film like the post even though post is a very important film very relevant film uh, it came at the right time it exposed 
uh, the, the Trump presidency, the Trump administration in the best possible manner. But I would rather want Spielberg to make films like you know, Ready Player One, wherein he is taking VFX to the next level. And he always does drama well. So when he's able to bl- blend the technical and sci-fi aspects with dramatic elements, those emotions, it really, you know, comes together beautifully. Like is the case with artificial intelligence, AI. You know, it's all hi-fi stuff, you know. You're talking about androids with emotions. You're talking about, you know, gigolos. You're talking about all the new world ideas. You're talking about artificial intelligence. You're talking about, you know, uh, flesh, fears, all those groovy things you are talking about. Yet the emotions, you know, they make artificial intelligence such a powerful film. Uh, Roger Ebert, you know, in his first review, when he saw the film for the first time, I think in 2001, he said that the film mastered the uh, artificial, but it couldn't master the intelligent. That was his you know, quote. But I somehow disagreed with him and he himself uh, went on to disagree with it. And he said that probably somewhere I read it wrong. And he later on, he included that film in his great films, great movie list. He's, he has that list, uh, great movie list, which is, you know, very restricted. It has, you know, a few hundred films. So he finally added uh, AI to that list. Proving wow. that, you know, probably my assessment of the film was right, wherein I thought that it's a masterpiece. It's a masterwork of cinema and it's a magnum opus. The only problem probably with that film is that it has two authors, you know. Kubrick and Spielberg and that uh, makes it a little undisputed in terms of Spielbergian claim or Kubrickian claim because always Kubrickian uh, you know uh, lobby would always say that it's, it's a Stanley Kubrick film or people who say that it's not a well-made film they would say they'll put the blame on Spielberg that Spielberg ruined it Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, but uh, uh, um, but coming back to Bridge of Spies, I must, I must, I must, I must, because you touched upon Bridge of Spies and you rated very highly. In fact, I also rated very highly uh, in the espionage space because uh, typically, you know, in my reviews, I, I I used to write for Half Post, you know, when the film had released and I'd done a review for Half Post back then, uh, which is also available on my blog, Portfolio Vestiges. So I've always felt that espionage, uh, you know, spy films, so to say, are typically classified into two big brackets. One is, you know, this school, which is about inflaming, you know, James Bond, larger than life figure, who is, you know, doing what he pleases. He has the license to kill. He is debonair. He is larger than life. He has a way with women and he gets to do everything that he wants to do and the way he wants to do. And he can kill anybody, he can do anything. That's one school of, you know, espionage. That's one school of thought. The other is actually the exact opposite of that, which is the John uh, Lecar, you know, school of thought. Uh, John Lecar was a great novelist and he used to work for the British intelligence. And when he saw uh, Ian Fleming's rendition of James Bond, he thought that, you know, this is far away from the reality of it. Uh, because um, the bureaucracy, the red, red tipism, the office politics. All just to, just to clear ever, that, ever. John Lekar is the uh, the writer of uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, he's 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 the author of so many spy fiction novels. You know, uh, he uh, even wrote uh, the Spy Who Came In from the Cold. He wrote uh, Taylor of Panama. He wrote Constant Gardener. He wrote Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Uh, uh, a most wanted man and there's a lot of stuff he recently passed away uh, and he was a, a literary giant in fact 
he kept espionage alive you know he has always uh, brought new elements to espionage and he has always brought new elements to the thriller genre you know as a writer a great novelist and he he, he felt that you know what ian fleming was doing was very very far removed from reality so he wanted to correct it so he created george smiley which is his spy master character in a way to balance out james bond so that's the exact foil or exact opposite or antithesis of what james bond is smiley is that perfect spy master character who sits out in his office who plans who schemes who has a very boring life who has nothing uh, about him going like james bond has he is married he is stuck in a bureaucratic setup he never gets to go out he is always sitting with his files typically a very boring character if you compare it with james bond but a fascinating character a realistic one thinks, in how he plans and it's in a very very realistic space and he actually draws um, likar actually drew inspiration from real life people he came across and what he read about what he saw during his stint in the intelligence services so the beautiful thing about bridge of spies is that it uh, um somewhere is in a likar likar esque territory rather than you know the james bond category uh, category of films that we have seen or the james bond or ian fleming style of you know espionage films that we have seen or even the newer ones you know like man from uncle which bring a lot of humor to it and you know the kingsman you know this is the new kind of espionage you know in the comedy space that we are seeing but what lekas brand is we have seen in films like uh, tinker tailor soldier spy we have seen in a spy who came in from the cold so every time i watch bridge of spy or i get to visit certain scenes of it especially after the first one hour because first hour one hour of the film is courtroom drama per se and they only talk about you know uh, those legal aspects of it but it becomes a thriller after that you know the moment uh, this character donovan character of tom hanks he lands in berlin that's when it takes a form of a spy thriller so all those scenes the way it's done the way it's presented the cold war feeling that we get that's so so in john lecar is key territory that's vintage john lecar and that's what i love about love out bridge of spies because when i went to watch the film i was expecting a very spielbergian sort of an affair you know it will be you know a lot of player a lot of high speed action chase sequences a lot of cgi but that never happens in the film and it's a slow burning thriller and it's very very uh, procedural you know in a way how spies function you get to see the kgb operatives you get to see these east uh, berlin operatives you see how the cia is functioning you see how bureaucracy is functioning so it takes me in that space it reminds me of you know uh, george smiley it reminds me of uh, um, a spy who came in from the cold that berlin wall sequence in the end so that makes uh, bridge of spies a very very complex film and that's why i rate it very highly among the espionage films that i watched like recently i watched the courier which also has to do with cold war which is also in a similar space but it lacks the flair and it's like it lacks the uh, entertainment quotient of bridge of spies because spielberg is making a film even though he's you know going around what lekar used to do but he is keeping the entertainment quotient really high and that's what you know uh, i as i said when you revisit it you realize okay spielberg is at work because if it wouldn't have been a spielberg film somebody like you know uh, who is not uh, aware of how to keep the viewers engaged they can make it so intense that 
you know you start losing that you know interest because spy films have to have certain entertainment quotient you know you cannot make it too boring like the courier parts of courier i found too boring too dull to appreciate in terms of you know an espionage thriller i like my spy films to give me that feeling you know i should feel my nerves should have that you know they should jangle and they should you know i should get those those goosebumps i should be excited i should be on the edge of my seat this is what i expect in my spy thriller whether it's a james bond one obviously lekar one i know it's going to be more intellectual it's going to be more cerebral but i must get those moments of excitement but uh, you 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 talked about the last scene i uh, the last scene was was also one of my favorite uh, uh because uh, like obviously bridge of spies yeah bridge, bridge of spies. spies bridge of spies last scene the, the uh, scene on the bridge you know they actually literally take you on a bridge uh yeah yeah so it's, it's not just figurative it's not just a figurative bridge it's now a little bridge so that's again you know spielberg doing something similar to what uh christopher nolan does in prestige wherein he's talking about the rivalry between two med- magicians but he's also bringing in a real life rivalry you know between edison and tesla but so yeah. something uh, what spielberg achieves here is that the bridge is no longer an imaginary bridge it's also a physical bridge on which this 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 interchange is going to happen no also that even the last scene where uh, uh, tom hanks actually returns uh, to brooklyn and what he sees uh, is that uh, he sees uh, uh, from the window outside that uh, some people you are talking are, about the scene after that okay you are talking about the scene after that basically yeah. denouement scene not the climax okay yeah yeah so so when when he is actually looking outside the window and he is looking at the people at the children who are actually climbing uh, the fences of uh, of the fences of a wall uh, sorry uh, 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 uh climbing a wall uh, which uh, which has some fences and they are uh, going to another uh, person's property and he actually recalls himself that okay yeah, actually i yeah, watched this kind seen. of thing uh, in actually real life and where there are watch towers uh, uh, where people were actually shooting at them and uh, that was actually very horrifying for me and now this this is kind of a scene where he's actually you must check out you must check out spy who came in from the cold it's an old film um martin red but it's beautiful film and it also has the scene on the berlin wall you know very powerful sequence you oh, martin red uh, uh, directed it yeah over oh, well, so, martin red uh, i actually love him because he made a norma ray i i don't think you may have heard it uh, or i've yeah, heard of it uh, yeah it's it's a great film i haven't seen it oh so, um this film the spy who came in from the cold you know it has uh, you know every element that i love about spy films and that scene on the wall is also there and you know you will get the same goosebumps probably somewhere i feel that spielberg would have taken inspiration for that scene wherein those you know people crossing the bridge they get shot down you know by the snipers at those posts probably somewhere the inspiration would have come from spy who came in from the cold because that's very very uh, similar in in a way but i like it that spielberg is able to pay homage to you know great films and he always does that in one way or the other even that wall sequence where in they are constructing the wall he's taking you back into history you know we know that the wall is the wall is no longer there it's been demolished by people but he's taking you back in time to the 1960s and he's showing you how it was constructed and what would have what it would have felt like you know and what it would have meant to the people back then and how it was dividing people and how you know these people uh, in uh, terms of power were suppressing common uh, beliefs common language because 
the german people are one people they see themselves as one uh, and they were being divided by two political ideologies literally by that wall oh, and wow. spielberg takes us there you know he takes us there and from the moment uh, tom hanks lands in berlin and he's in that car and he says can you you know increase the temperature he's feeling the chill you know that yes spielberg is bang on you know now you are in the right space you are in a spanish territory and that's where the movie actually starts for me because the first star is more like you know a setup more like a prologue you know to the film the actual film for me starts you know from the moment i think at the 70 minute mark when he lands in uh, donovan uh, you know lands in berlin and he's with the cia people in that car and they're briefing him and he's asking them and you know everything about that scene you know is perfect oh wow you can so see the <laughs> falling outside and you can see the chill and later on we realize because when his overcoat is taken away from him he catches cold and he is in that cold so he spielberg gives us a hint that what awaits him you know he's in the car he's comfortable he's still feeling the chills because he is in new york and berlin is much colder than new york you know usually the average temperature berlin is always you know so he's not used to that kind of cold so the moment he lands in berlin he knows that he is in a very very different territory and every time you know those people say that why are you in a great hurry he keeps saying that i've got cold i want to go back home i want to sleep in my bed i want to get done with this exchange and that's it i don't want to spend an extra minute here because this is a place that is not very welcoming and that's true of not just the weather the people are also not very welcoming you know he's always you know trying to you know see who is at his back so the noah elements also come in and you compared it to high and low high and low also has got noahish elements and here also you get that you know that that same sense of feeling oh wow yeah thank you so much mutasa uh, sir to uh, like for coming to my show thank you so much uh, like i actually got to uh, uh, learn from you your knowledge about cinema and uh, i'm actually like it's been a real pleasure having you on my show and i'm actually forcing you to please come back uh, to my channel to uh, speak about other films too because i'm real excited uh, about you talking about other films as well not just about spielberg but other film directors and, and other film uh, other film industries as well not just hollywood bollywood or uh, like uh, others uh, so thank you so much okay, the pleasure is all mine the pleasure is all mine and i would definitely love to be back sometime very soon oh, wow wow so 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 uh, like see you soon so and goodbye take care bye stay safe